I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirtana. And you're listening to The Chat Room. Well, hello there. Thank you for joining us again today. So we hope you all have been enjoying the interviews and that we've successfully inspired you to consider a career in the arts, or perhaps we successfully scared you into following through with your med school application. Either way, I think it's safe to say this whole thing has been a massive success. What do you think, Kirthana? Absolutely. And now we're wildly popular. Wildly. I got five new Instagram followers ever since we launched. That's a win. I had seven new followers, so what does that tell you? All right. No one likes a bragger. (laughs) We want you guys to feel confident and emotionally ready to take on the behemoth that is the entertainment industry. Because if there's one thing Kirthana and I have learned, it's that it's all worth it in the end. But we're also practical people. We not only want our listeners to have the confidence to pursue their dreams, we also want to dive into what the realities are of some of these careers and also let you guys in on some helpful processes on the mechanics of our industry. So we're kicking it up a notch, Emerald style, to introduce a new segment. Bam! Business with Bay. Bay, Bay, Bay. <laughs> also, did you just bam? Yeah, bam. We need one automatopoeia. <laughs> We'll sit down with some of our favorite bays and get the quick rundown on how shit works. How does a writer's room operate? What are the realities of writing a novel? What does the day-to-day look like for an editor or for a sound engineer? And what are some smart ways to self-finance your films? And we want this to be interactive. So if you have a question, an area you want to learn more about, leave a comment and we'll try our best to find an expert to help explain. But this episode is especially special because our first business with Bay is no other than with my lovely co-host, mother, big sister, dear friend. Wait, 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 wait. I'm your mother and your sister? What kind of messed up family tree is that? <laughs> um, Hold on. I need to grab a pen. Note to self, never say anything nice about Kirthana ever again because she sucks. <laughs> Good burn. Good burn. You went and got a pen. (laughs) But Kirthana, real talk, are you excited to be interrogated? I mean, grilled. uh, I mean, interviewed by me. (laughs) Knowing you, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure what I'm going to get myself into here, but it's going to be pretty close to interrogated. Oh, don't worry. I'll go easy on you. Where are you the night of February 12th, 1986? What are you doing right now? What is this bit? I just, I'm craving social interaction. I'm like playing different (laughs) characters, trying to fill out the space of my room. (laughs) Here's that. You're being distracting. Please focus. So sorry. So this week's business with Bay is none other than with one of my best friends, Kirthana Sastry. Kirthana has worked in casting for the last seven years in both New York and LA. She's a big shot, guys. She worked in the casting department for the movies The Hate You Give, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, and TV shows like Fear the Walking Dead on AMC and The Act on Hulu. Wait, here's now what the hell? These are all so depressing. <laughs> you literally jumped from police brutality to meth to zombies to Munchausen by proxy disorder. What can I say? I love misery. I revel in it. <laughs> I wallow in it. I'm friends with it. (laughs) And no one will give me a comedy, dude. Well, I can see why you clearly have carved yourself a nice little sad niche. (laughs) Apparently. Well, we need people to cast those shows, too. So. Yeah. 
Speaking of casting, curious now what the hell is casting and what does it even mean to work in casting? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's pretty simple in terms of an explanation. We are the people that are finding and hiring the actors that pop up in the projects that you guys like to watch. So then what does a day-to-day look like for you? Because I'm picturing two scenarios. One is that you're friends with a bunch of celebrities. And two, (laughs) is it like American Idol where you're like a... I feel like you're like a hybrid between Paul Abdul and Randy, to be honest, and Simon. Well, you're all the three. Or is it like an American Idol audition where people come in and you just critique them and then they leave? I'm glad that you went with OG American Idol judges. Just them. Oh, my God. These new ones. No, no, no. Fake news. No. (laughs) Well, my day to day usually consists of two specific sections, offers or auditions whether it's a film or a TV show. Usually we're placed on either one of those projects at least eight to 10 weeks before shooting begins. So we look at the script and we break down the roles. And from there, if the studio or network that hires us wants a big A-list name for some of these lead roles, then what we do is we make lists of actors that might be right for each particular role. We then talk to the producer and director about who they like. And if we settle on a consensus, we talk to that person's agent. And if they're available, we send them what's called an offer, which is essentially saying, we want your client to be in this project. Please have them read this script. And if they're interested, we can get into financial details later. And on the other end of the coin, we have auditions. For auditions, we schedule actors to come in and read in our audition rooms with our casting director and usually an associate or an assistant. And we pull scenes from the script for those actors to read. That's what we call sides. We actually touched on this term with Sonal and Parvish. Right. Yeah. And if the actor is currently not in the city where the casting team is holding auditions, but they are available for the project, we'll have them do what's called a self-tape. That is exactly what it sounds like. It's an audition tape that actors will record of themselves doing the scenes they would have done in the room and then sending those to the casting team to review. Auditions are a lot of fun because that's when we really get to interact with actors. And it's when we get to hear the material on the page and how it might eventually sound on screen. So like many people in casting, I really love to get to know actors and their talent, whether it's people I've never met before or someone I've seen before and already admire, but they bring something new to the material. Well, that leads me to my next question. How do you find the actors that you want to audition? And also, why have you never asked me to audition for anything? Kirsten, did I lose you? What? No. Uh, How how do I find the actors that I want to audition? That's a great question. I can answer that question. What what about the other question? The first question? Got it. So basically, (laughs) the way that we find actors we want to audition is usually through their representation. That's usually their agents or their managers. We release to those agents and managers what we're looking for within each character. We send character descriptions. The agents will then send us a list of their clients that they think would work best for each of those roles. We will look at their resumes, their reels, essentially scenes of their work, and we decide from there who we think would be best for auditions. Wait, so even in the acting world, you cannot get out of making a resume? (laughs) Absolutely not. Oh, damn it. Okay. Well, what do you, what does one even put on their acting resume? Oh, is that the thing where people lie about their skills and the languages they know? 
I know that people do that in many, many other jobs. It's probably not the smartest thing to do on an acting resume. Wait, you're, are you saying lying is bad? <laughs> I'm saying lying is bad. Are you even brown? <laughs> <laughs> lying is in our blood. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, judgment is in our blood. <laughs> True. This is why you're such a good casting director. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's why. I'm the auntie I never wanted. I hate that joke. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but seriously, though, what is an acting resume and what do people usually put on it? So the most obvious thing that people put on their acting resume is their previous credits, if they have any. What we're looking for is usually how many credits they have, what are the types of credits that they have, whether it's film, TV, theater, all of that stuff is great for us to know. We also really like to see what your what your skills are, especially if they pertain to whatever the project is requiring. For example, you know, I'm working on an international show right now and there's a few characters that need to speak Japanese very fluently. So if you speak Japanese and you're fluent, that is great for us to know on a resume. So you just have to be smart about what you're lying for. Like if you're auditioning for a French show, you can say you speak Japanese. <laughs> it just won't mean anything. <laughs> it just, it will be completely glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. But what if I have no credits? Like, do you guys still look at people who don't have credits or do you advise them on how they can get credits? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of different projects that I have worked on where we've done what are called searches. And usually with the search, we're just trying to find people that have what we're looking for within that character. There are a couple of services out there that are helpful for people to showcase who they are, even if they don't really have any credits or they don't have any representation whether an agent or a manager. There are places like Actors Access is a big one. Backstage does casting notices. Those are places to really look. And what I would advise is to at least get some sort of headshot and put that up. And if you have any, again, special skills, like, for example, if you can speak Japanese, if you can ride a horse, et cetera, et cetera. Those are good things to have, even if, even if you don't have credits. But honestly, what I would recommend is to take a couple of classes and then do the showcases at the end of those classes. Taking those types of classes and then doing those types of showcases could also assist in getting you representation because a lot of talent agencies and management companies, they'll send their agents and managers to those showcases to scout for new talent. That's also why if you've gone to college to get a BFA or an MFA in acting or performance, you should do your school showcase and come out to New York or LA if you're not here already. Those performances definitely get attention. At my job, we're regularly bringing in people that we see at comedy clubs, at UCB showcases, and other types of class showcases. And actually, we've cast actors in major roles on television shows from school showcases. Those things really can only help you. Right. So I just got a new iPhone. Can I take my headshot on my phone? You know, that's a good question. I know that portrait mode is kind of amazing right now, and you could easily just have some sort of relatively plain background and do it. And maybe. I don't know that I've necessarily come across that yet. But I guess you could give it a shot. I don't see why not. We just really want to see a clear 
picture of yourself. You know, that's, that's really what we're looking for. We don't want you to necessarily put on any sort of characters, like the stereotypical version of what a headshot is. We just want to see you, you know? Speaking of wanting to see me, how much of me do you really want to see? Like, what if I'm not a size zero? <laughs> I love that you asked that question because one of the things that I'm starting to notice, and it's, and it's a slow progression, which is unfortunate, but at least it's a progression. But what I, one of the things I'm starting to see is a lot more conversation about open casting. And essentially what that means is, is more representation. When there's a role and there's a description of a role and there's no necessarily guidelines on appearance within that description, I personally, I want to see anyone and everyone for that part. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care about your ethnicity. I don't care about what your size is. I don't care about what your gender is even sometimes. If it's not directly related to the story of the project, those are things that sometimes writers are open to changing. Producers are open to changing. Directors are open to changing. And and especially I'm glad that you bring up the size zero thing because I'm a larger woman. And the last thing I want to do is make anyone feel like they can't be a part of this industry because they don't look like a stereotypical version of what they think they're supposed to look like. So for me, that's one of the reasons why open casting and being just progressive and open in general is so important. You're seeing it a lot more now and it makes me really happy, but it's just it's just scratching the surface. Wait, so that's that's so powerful that that's part of your job that you get to suggest these things and and make sure that even if it wasn't top of mind for the writers and directors and producers that you remind them that this option exists. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you have cultivated a relationship with these people that are they trust you yeah after a while if you've cultivated a relationship with these people they trust you they understand that you know what this project is and you know that you can give them the best actors that they deserve you know so if it's not very explicitly written because it genuinely pertains to the script I've been in a lot of situations where people are are really open to that idea if it's brought up. So while it's not necessarily brought up a lot, which is really frustrating, when it is brought up, what from what I've seen, people are listening. And I think that that's really important. And that's what our job is. Our job as casting people is to ask that question, is to broach yeah. that subject. Because if we don't, th- then things don't change in a way that they should. And I definitely want to take a moment to brag about our resident bay today, because not only does Kirithna work in casting and, and make sure that she's pushing, you know, inclusion as much as she can on her end, but she also produces. So those skills that she learns from her day job also allow her to pursue side hustles and produce her own films, which I think is so amazing and, and telling to the fact that in this industry, you're never confined to one quote unquote career. All of these careers overlap and these skills can transfer and and you can create you can cast you can produce you can direct you can do whatever you want that's very sweet that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me what i said so many nice things about you shut up <laughs> well here's now that wraps up our first business with bay did you enjoy being bay i admit yeah, that size says it all we're over we're done we're done <laughs> This is what Bay is done. (laughs) 
we this has been seriously we hope you guys got a quick glimpse into what casting is all about and if you have any other questions or comments or even a concern or two please feel free to dm us on instagram or even comment on any of our ig posts I feel like they're going to have lots of concerns about our mental well-being after this. I know. The concerns are not going to be about casting. They're going to be like, are you guys okay? At all. <laughs> Do you have a therapist? <laughs> Quarantine, man. Quarantine. And scene. <laughs> the chat room is hosted by me, Nikita Manon. And me, Kirtan Asafri in partnership with Brown Girl Magazine. Consulting producers are Pallavi Sastri and Nihar Sinha. All podcast artwork is created by Ashwarya Sukesh and opening music is by Sridhat Bhamani Party. Special thanks to Trisha Sukujawalia. Please subscribe to The Chat Room on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>